Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of A Kenyan's Experience. I'm your host, I'm Cynthia, and today I'll be joined in this episode with my other two incredible co-hosts, Gadoni and Dennis. But in this week's episode, we have something a little bit different for you. You see, our founder and co-host, Dennis, uh, he's going to be the one in the hot seat. So we're going to be asking all the questions that we've been wanting to ask him about his own journey, his experiences, his academic and professional advice, about what it's like to be a game developer here in Nairobi, a game developer with very, very African parents, and what that what's that meant for his life and what's that look like. So we're going to be sharing today some incredibly actionable tips for people who find themselves on an unorthodox path that can be rather lonely and he's also going to share his real experience of what it was like living in the UK in a predominantly white city of Portsmouth and why is a Kenyans actually the place for you to be. So in this episode, you know what, it's for those who need that nudge, that little push, you know, to go after the things that they're passionate about, the things that society tells you that nah, it should be a hobby, but you know what, you feel it more, you know inside yourself that it should be and it can be more. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, please do share this episode with those who you think will need it, and follow us on Instagram. Share with us where you're listening in from and what your thoughts are. Follow us on Instagram at a Kenyans Experience. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, welcome to A Kenyan's Experience. Welcome to the podcast this week, guys. Uh, So I'm Cynthia. I'm one of your co-hosts today. Hi, I'm Gadoni. I'm a fellow co-host. And today we also have our other co-host, Dennis, but today yep. he's in the hot seat. The hot seat. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, I'm going to be the best guest that you guys have ever had on this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just okay. calling okay. it out right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Little, little friendly fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but excited. Happy, happy to be in the hot seat. Yeah nice happy to have you um so yeah today dennis is gonna be our guest we're gonna be interviewing him you know the drill Mm -hmm. um so yeah let's get into it um so dennis serious questions only okay fair enough (laughs) how do you keep your afro looking so amazing oh yo let me tell you (laughs) i have one barber guys never cheat on your barber just yo that guy Uh is the most loyal homie ever Sometimes I just go in and I just sit down and I don't say anything. And this guy just does the business, man. Hey, Shout out to him. He's a good one. He's just a good one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he's called Minor. I don't know why all barbers in Kenya are called Minor. To be honest. Hey, shout out to Akikuyu brothers. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, man, he, he so does the business. <laughs> That's good. My dad's barber is actually also called Minor, mm, so yep. there is something hey. to that. <laughs> And then they always have that, that there's one picture in every barbershop in Kenya. I think it's ludicrous mm-hmm. or something that is like a picture. Yeah, you know, ludicrous has the finest fade, <laughs> of course. Yeah, so it's just a lie to every young boy who wants to get a good haircut, seeing ludicrous <laughs> oh, there. That. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so Dennis, tell us about mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I am Dennis, I'm Dennis Odera, and I am a games producer here in Nairobi, Kenya, working for a company called Usiku Games, and I've been in the gaming industry for about, about over seven years now, I'd say. Um, wow. And yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoying it, learning new things literally every day. Um, a very small market to be in, but exciting, and I believe it's growing, especially in Kenya, especially in Africa as well. Um, before that, I was studying at the University of Portsmouth, where I was doing a course in gaming, a computer games enterprise, which not many people believe existed <laughs> when I tell them that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> We're it definitely was... getting into that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was yeah. exciting, so much fun, and uh, yeah, have have lots of stories to to share about my experience and my journey thus far. Yeah. So, awesome. so, 
Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So I was going to say, so you and Cynthia know each other from way back when. How did you guys, like, what was your first meeting like? Do you remember? Um, I remember I don't think Cynthia does, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I have the worst memory. Sorry. It was, I think, in year 12. In, so we went to Hillcrest together uh, in high school in mm-hmm. year 12. And it was, so school hadn't officially started. There was this sort of, I don't remember the name of the day, but it's almost like orientation or something where you go around and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know, selecting subjects or introducing yourself to teachers and stuff and uh-huh. Cynthia was there of course shy as hell so I came from year 11 so I already knew people in Hillcrest and Cynthia was new mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. of course lost sheep yeah. in a new environment and everything. So, <laughs> so introducing all these cool myself kids, to, yeah. yeah introducing myself to everyone and then yeah uh-huh. of course now I introduced myself to Cynthia a bunch of the new people who were there and then yeah just throughout year 12 and year 13 we've just been good friends nice yeah. yo i don't even remember that remember any of <laughs> i kind of do <laughs> i was like yo as i was gonna be like because we both took psychology year 12 yeah so i was like but you were not in my psychology class that i remember yeah no i think that was psychology was the only class that we had in common even though we we're not in the same class but psychology yeah. was the only yeah subject that we did and then this one did like i think mm. bio and chem or something she just went off into like and math science yeah, and math, and math. <laughs> <laughs> i was not about that life so <laughs> yeah yeah no but it was cool we yeah we just used to like chill every break time lunch time when mm-hmm. she was not being stressed about chemistry and stuff and i was not oh, on yeah, like the no. sports field and stuff so <laughs> yeah. So what subjects did you actually take, Dennis? Because you took psychology, but... I took psychology, and then I took geography as well, and I took ICT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember. I was like, who takes ICT in (laughs) A-levels? I didn't know it was even a thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, now I remember you, Dennis. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. But I don't know what's more strange, ICT or geography. Because, like, who does geography past year 11? <laughs> we had a friend, I'm not going to name her. She wanted to be a geologist, so she took geography, but yeah, she found the true. lights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is so random. Very, so yeah. why geography? I'm so curious. Um, to be honest, I've always liked geography, specifically just learning about parts of the world, parts uh-huh. that I've never been to before, and just wondering how or what all of that is about. Literally, geography to me is just looking at a world map and pointing out countries and their mm-hmm. names and places I've never been to and saying like, oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. But then now when the exams comes, comes and telling me to describe crime in Pakistan and all these things then now I'm like yo this is this is not my area (laughs) what did I sign myself up for (laughs) exactly yeah out of the three was my least favorite to be honest yeah yeah Yeah. it was tough but hey managed to get through it (laughs) I think I think my only problem with geography is you start telling me about clouds that's when you lost right. me. Yeah, I remember yeah. I, I took it. At, I took it at, G, at GCSE level, and I was just like, they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, describe the clouds," and I was like, "Bruh, this is helping me in life." <laughs> I mean, uh, and then yeah. Anyways, yeah, geography was a no. Yeah. Um, but how how did you? So okay, so you went off and you studied um, games enterprise, right? So yep. how exactly? At, at what point in your journey in A levels did you decide that this is what I want to study? And yep. then how did how did your subjects even make sense other than ICT? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So funny enough, now the passion for gaming and going down the gaming route didn't stem from anything in high school, like even the subjects. Yeah, I mean, ICT was close mm-hmm. just because it's sort of leading in that direction, but none yeah, of it yeah. actually came from like high school. So even during that time of high school and when I was young, my brother always used to beat me at video games all the time to points where i would like literally cry when i was like four or five years old oh, and yeah. everything yeah and it used to happen like continuously oh, yeah. even like into my teens i'm like this guy keeps winning i'm like why does he keep winning mm-hmm. to a point where like you know what to beat him i have to understand the game i have to understand the games mm-hmm. yeah 
so just that small interest and then i'm like oh this is this is interesting this is how this actually works and then just reading about topics in the industry just figuring out how things work and then explaining to people while they're playing why such and such is happening that interest just picked up from there yeah and then after high school even the subjects i was doing i'm like yeah i enjoy these subjects but this is what i enjoy doing more and then now that's literally where it came from then now just seeing how can i take this journey further into uni yeah especially after doing things like geography in in Hillcrest which yeah. didn't make like no sense or no link whatsoever yeah but i found yeah. my passion well that's amazing yeah like it's so different i don't think i've had anyone say like they're getting into gaming like that yeah. how did you were there many universities that offered that course when you're looking um in the uk um which i'll give credit for mm-hmm. there were plenty universities in the uk that did offer um gaming but the mm-hmm. university of portsmouth actually offered gaming in very they broke it down into very many different uh, courses as well so gaming i think mm-hmm. had about maybe 3 or 4 actually gaming courses so the one i took oh. which is computer wow. games enterprise which now brings in the enterprise part of it where the business comes in now starting mm-hmm. like a company related to the gaming industry whereas there was computer mm-hmm. games technology which is another course which was just purely based on the tech stuff like literally you're just understanding the codes literally everything mm-hmm. to do with the games but nothing to do with the enterprise side of things and then some units those would be meshed together so that you're learning about both sides and then other things to do with yeah. like virtual reality which was another course and like uh, photography as well which was leaning in that direction which i credit the uk for a lot because i did try and look for a similar course here in kenya non existent mm-hmm. none whatsoever which is sad because here yeah here people just think it's like a hobby or yeah. the older mm-hmm. generation just think it's a waste of time <laughs> unfortunately yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I decided yeah if I'm if I can't find it here then I'm going to go look for somewhere that has it and I'm mm-hmm. lucky that I did. Yeah. So yeah like wow. on that topic how how did you tell your parents because here you are studying a very like mm-hmm. broad like subjects you know in in high school and you know you were killing it in high school and A levels. Mm-hmm. So how did you go to your folks and be like hey I know I've been doing IT you thought I was going to be a software developer psych you thought yeah. I was going to be a psychologist psych <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to study rocks uh, no. So <laughs> and then you just tell them you know hey I think I want to go into gaming and there really yeah. isn't um you know it's not like you said it's not something people have heard of in Kenya. You yeah. know and then telling mm-hmm. your parents which let me not lie your pal- your parents are very cool Dennis but <laughs> obviously they're still your folks still Africans yeah. so yeah. how did you yeah. even have that conversation with them Yeah so they are very very supportive like from day one, even before high school primary school they'd always tell me like whatever you want to do we'll support you whatever mm-hmm. it is it doesn't matter how crazy it is and they always drilled that into me from like an early age So even when it came to telling them I knew that it wouldn't be a problem because they were always going right. to support me. And I they've seen my pa- my passion for IT as well. Like at home I'd always be the guy who's just fixing problems to do with their phones or like their laptops even though it's like increasing the volume and they don't know how. And then <laughs> yeah, and they just say, "Yeah, I see this is what IT does for you." And I'm like, "Okay, simple, but <laughs> yeah." So even going into gaming they were like okay yeah it's still within IT and we can see that mm-hmm. he has passion for it so they supported me which I'm super super grateful for. Yeah so it wasn't a difficult conversation to have because I knew that they would support me. And right. yeah yeah which is why they they let me do it and now they are seeing that yeah he really likes it and he is where he is because yeah. of his passion. Yeah. So in a way yeah. I'm happy I'm returning that favor saying like you believed in me and now this is what I'm doing with it which I'm happy for every day. Oh wow. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so, you guys used, did you guys used to play games in in class? <laughs> <laughs> Or is it just learning how to create games? Or now in uh, in uni? In uni, yeah. Yeah, so uh we we did um the first few units were literally just learning literally the first class was like what is a game? <laughs> like literally. Mm-hmm. I think the whole year was literally that of what is a game. Just mm-hmm. define games was the name of the unit actually. and then you're just learning wow. about different games the history of games and stuff like that when you actually begin to create something was in the second year that's now when you start to begin to build your own sort of thing 
learn about the different dynamics. But year one, they literally just enforce you. Yeah, people have this notion of what a game is, but mm-mm, they're wrong. We'll teach you everything about games. That was literally done in a whole year, which was my first year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that and honestly so sounds so interesting. It yeah. does. I feel like that sounds... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was it, like a, was it like a dream come true, sort of like being in that class and doing all the... Th- all of those things so I think a lot of people I've definitely seen it in I think a couple of my friends where you have this idea of like you know oh I'm really passionate about this as a child and for example like gaming and then I want to go into it into university but you get yeah. to union it's almost like re- like a complete shock you're like whoa okay this is not actually what I signed up for was yeah. there at any point in your journey you're kind of like eh, I'm kind of like doubting this or was it always just like freedom like you know I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> yeah. this is the best decision of my life <laughs> yeah um it's difficult well not difficult but it's interesting to answer that question because of how the story started so my story is very unorthodox when i was applying to uni um university of portsmouth um i actually arrived late because my visa was denied going into uni yeah in 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 september is when the course started and i remember going into well, you're getting your, your visa. I can't remember the name of the building here in Nairobi. I think it's in Nine yeah. West. That's Nine West. Name. Nine West. Yeah, it still traumatizes me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Going into Nine West and then opening the envelope and then you're just saying, like, visa denied. There's and no then, visa, yeah. yeah, yes, you're flipping through and you're like, no, it can't be, it can't be, it can't be. And uni was starting in, like, mm-hmm. a month from then. Mm-hmm. And there is normally, like, a period that you can't reapply, which I think is, like, three weeks. And then you can appeal, mm-hmm. but even that appeal takes long as well. So yeah. it was some problem to do with, like, I think bank statements or something. So at the point, it really, really crushed me. So then I was sending emails to my uni telling them, okay, yeah, it's been denied, but I'm, st- I'm appealing and I think I'll get the appeal. Um, please still keep my place open. I will be there and everything. And the uni were open. They were like, um, okay, we can. But after a certain time, there will come a point where we can't bring you in because then it will be too late. But in my mind, I'm like, no, it wouldn't take that long. So, of course, I appealed again. These guys didn't give me a reply. These guys blue ticked me for like wow. the longest. Yeah. And I'm like literally sweating, That's thinking, yeah, because the uni kept asking like almost every day, like, what's the situation? What's the situation? Are you, are you still coming? Should we push your place to next year? Should we just cancel it entirely? Because we had already paid for fees for the first year. So you can imagine, mm, yeah. So the yeah. commitment was already there. So yeah. I just kept now pushing, pushing these guys for an answer. My mom, of course, just doing the most, literally just <laughs> calling everyone that she knows, just trying to, my son wants to go to university. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. And then I remember when I did get um, a reply for my passport, and they were saying that it's going to take an extra two weeks to process. And this is towards the end of September. Uni had already started. Wow. Yeah. So then I went back and I told my uni that, yeah, it's going to take another two weeks. And then mm-hmm. they said, like, I'm sorry, Dennis, we can't wait another two weeks. We're going to have to cancel your place. Or what? best case scenario, we're going to have to push it until the next year. I remember reading that email and I cried my eyes out. Like, I just yeah. went to my room and I bawled my eyes out i was just crying for like hours and hours and hours even my dad was there <laughs> just like no it's yeah. okay it's yeah, fine can... <laughs> you still have a future you still have a future example <laughs> and yeah. i was just like down in the God. dumps yeah and then that mm-hmm. same night i got another email at midnight from now mm-hmm. a, pro- a professor in the uni had mm-hmm. cc'd the uni in this email and said so um i hear i've been reading about this situation um, personally, I think we can still wait another two weeks. Um, we can still bring him in and we can catch him up. I will tell all of his units and professors that he's a bit late, but we'll do everything we can to make him feel comfortable. Wow. I'm like, this guy is the OG. Who like, is this guy? guy yeah. is just <laughs> wow. the greatest. And so, yeah, eventually after the two weeks, um, I got the visa, went in. And ever since that happened, of course, this guy even walked me around on day one. Me and my dad walked me around the entire city. (laughs) It was like, yeah, welcome to the country. I know you're new here. Like, get acquainted, just enjoy. And then now we can start on Monday and everything. Like, he was so, 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 so nice to me. 
And every class that I had in wow. uni, I was like, there was never a moment to answer your question, Cynthia. There was never a moment where I regretted it saying, nah, this is not what I want to yeah. do. Just because of what yeah. had happened, I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm here. Like, literally, I'm here for a reason. Despite the circumstances, yeah. if I'm here, then I'm here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> did you know this professor or did he just, was I, he just a nice he guy? He was just a nice guy. He was just a nice guy. He's, he was heaven wow, sent. Like you. he literally just came, no, sent the email. Yeah. Walked me through my entire journey in uni. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That I guy. mean, shout out to this guy, man. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know, right? <laughs> and clearly like it paid off because here you are now working as a games development producer in Nairobi. Right. You know? yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if he read yeah. your personal statement or I don't know what, because you had never yeah. spoken to him before, right? Never spoken to yeah. him before. Yeah. Yeah. But he played such a huge impact. And then even when I was graduating, I made mm-hmm. sure that he was at my graduation as well. Because oh, I thanked good. him like so much, like I'm here because of you, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you made yeah. this happen and everything. And of course, he was super grateful. We still keep in touch as well. So he's happy mm-hmm. to, oh, to hear what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. But he paved the way for me and I'm, and I'm happy that he did. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, it obviously paid off because you were awarded the best performing international student, right? Yep. 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 And that, you that graduated is, wow. with first class. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and when I was getting that wow. award, I made sure that uh-huh. he was the one who was giving it to me as well. Like oh. I asked for it. Yeah, <laughs> I asked for it. I'm like, it has to come from him because <laughs> he's the yeah. reason I'm here. And it happened. It's true. Yeah. 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 And I never take it for granted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy is a real one. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, having, I, so I can what... see that having that support system is very important. Like, it can really make or break. Like, even as we're talking, uh, interviewing Galoni, you know, we yeah. found that there's certain people in your career path in your life. Um, whether they're teachers or whatever, they can really like change, really change the direction of your journey because the both of you gave very similar answers. There was no regret. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm here and mm-hmm. I know what I want because someone, you know, instilled that confidence in you like this is meant for you. So that's incredible. 100% because that support system, it came from my family, but I like to tell people it's also good if it comes from your lecturers or the people yeah. now in your industry or your network. It's just as important having that support system because then that way you succeed both from home and also from where you are like studying having both together yeah. you can go so far and i'm lucky i yeah. had both because i to be honest i wouldn't be here if i didn't have either mm-hmm. yeah yeah wow. so um this award for best performing international student mm-hmm. what was it just was it because you got the first class or was it because you're the only international student who got the first class yeah. was it because you are just the best i was the only international student who got a first class yeah hey. wow yeah wow <laughs> and they almost didn't want you can you imagine imagine can you imagine how dare yeah. they <laughs> wow yeah but it was That's, it was your parents must have been so impressed oh they were mm-hmm. super super impressed <laughs> graduation when of course my yeah. my name was called I could hear my mom from like mm-hmm. <laughs> literally you could yeah. hear her from Kenya as well. <laughs> just being the African mom that yeah. she is, just shouting yeah. and screaming and everything. And of yeah. course, you know, in the Western world, doing something like that can seem like a bit, you know, too much mm-hmm. or like forward or crazy. Yeah. She didn't care. She was just like heckling and everything. Oh, and... I wouldn't care either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. I remember um, my, my, my family was a bit too civil at my graduation. I was like, please, yeah. I was waiting for you to be like, ah, dee, 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 at least something. <laughs> yeah. They were just there, like clapping. Very civilized. Yeah, I was like, so come humble. on, guys. <laughs> yeah. I d- yeah. I don't even think I had mine, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, where, where were you again? I didn't even yeah. hear yeah. the sound coming from your direction. Are you even here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh. so so you okay so you've done uni and Mm. was there any part of your uni journey that stood out to you specifically that because I mean I can see that you you still because I want to see um well okay let me let me rephrase my question rather for it to to be a games developer to, to 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 study gaming 
Would you yeah. say that looking back, there are any specific subjects that one, you feel like you should absolutely do within the, the current like A-level curriculum or IB? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Or two, do you think that, or and or do you feel like there are certain um, subjects that would be really integral for an A-level curriculum to have to support people who are obviously going into gaming because gaming is really huge. I mean, people have been playing video games for time immortal, yeah. you know? Yeah, So sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, to start with, I believe that gaming first has to be accepted in a lot mm -hmm. of the Kenyan schools. Um, A-levels, it has the potential to head in that direction. What is really worrying is now like the local system. So now like the 844 and just the core part, mm -hmm. I believe that has a longer time for gaming to be accepted. But right. once it is, then I think that's a good first step. So now in terms of like the, the courses, even if it's like just small coding for like young kids, they had a lot of that in the UK where it's like some small children, they give them some small coding classes for like an hour or so mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And just giving that to um, children here, because a lot of kids here actually are interested in that kind of thing, but they just don't know where to go for mm -hmm. it or they don't know how to take it further because it's not available, which is the sad thing. So just making it available um, to them would be step one and then giving them guidance, making sure that they maintain that passion and then just slowly bringing them up in the industry would really, really help. I was fortunate enough to do it abroad and then come back. So now sadly enough mm -hmm. for the young kid who doesn't have the capacity to you know go abroad and tackle that so now like what is he or she going to do you know right so then if it's not available here then they can't make that journey happen so just yeah. making it yeah. available accepting it especially for the older folk that it goes way beyond just being a hobby um mm -hmm. you can actually make a living out of this and i wanted to be an example of that to a lot of people yeah. seeing that this is actually something that can be done and you can make money from it as well which of course is mm -hmm. what the kenyans wanted to hear like oh yeah okay yeah if you're earning a salary then it's fine, then it's fine, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that no that really is usually the the foundation yeah. of any sort of like successful it is. isn't it yeah. it's, it's the pillar yeah. of success in any Korean, yeah. like normal in your traditional parent size that's so yeah. true was there is there any sort of so when you were in high school, when you were in primary school, did you do any coding yourself or was, I mean, outside of, of school? I did not. No, I did not. Yeah, oh. none, none whatsoever. It's uh, actually started when I went to uni. That's now where all of it started. Where it started for me was just the passion, just mm -hmm. wanting to understand mm -hmm. um, how to do it and just maintaining that passion. It's so hard right. to maintain it when you don't have access to it. That was the hugest struggle that I had not being able to work on it or look at it from a perspective of, you know, practicality, actually doing yeah. the stuff. If you're not able to do that, then it's very hard to hold on to that passion. But I really, really had to. And eventually then that passion led me to being given the opportunity to actually do it. And mm -hmm. I say again, I want to be an example for the young people who have that passion, but just don't have the opportunity to go for it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. And is there any uh, current company you know, but any current um, after-school program, uh, any mentorship programs currently in Kenya that provide that opportunity for kids to go and learn gaming? Um, there are. Um, one I worked with before I worked where I am was called Game Devs Kenya. So what mm -hmm. they did was actually go and teach coding and game development to um, young kids. So we used to do it like mm -hmm. during holiday times where kids, you know, are at home and parents don't know what to do with them if they're just indoors or just lazing around. So then now we would go and actually teach them game development. So they were like boot camps. So like every other Saturday, they would just come in for about two or three hours and learn like the very basics of game development as well. So then we did a lot of those. And then we got questions from kids and parents saying like, oh, this is really nice mm -hmm. for my children. And they're really interested it's keeping them busy and motivated you know like how can we take this further so we knew that it was getting like attention and we did it more and more unfortunately covid hit so we couldn't yeah. go to people's homes or schools anymore we had to do it mm -hmm. um online which was a bit of a struggle but at least people saw that we were maintaining what we wanted to do and it was good because then now parents were seeing that yeah these guys are serious and gaming is actually something that can be taken seriously as well yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. i think i think that mentorship that that the parents seeing it for themselves for the first time 
and exactly. seeing how their kids yeah. can be motivated as well to stay focused. Because I think for a yeah. lot of parents, they see gaming almost like, you know, television. You know, a lot of people exactly. don't realize like mm-hmm. a yep. child watching a series all the time is probably because they're interested in acting. But yep. because there's no like yeah. drama program in their school, yep. they don't have an outlet and their only outlet mm-hmm. is watching. So for you, yeah. like the only outlet is playing, even though you sucked. Yeah. But, you know, like <laughs> it was still an outlet. And for now, the kids, they have this outlet. So I think that's incredible. And um, is, yeah. is it currently still going on that mentorship program? Unfortunately, not COVID really um, hit hard. So mm-hmm. it was put on a break just until things were settling down because then it became very mm-hmm. tricky going into now like uh, schools or people's houses just because of the whole safety thing. But yeah. I do know, like, once things calm down, then that will be resumed. Um, okay. There are a number of other small ones. I can't remember the names, but I can definitely, like, leave links and everything for guys to check out if they're interested. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely yeah. put them in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Um, I just wanted to touch a little bit on what you said um, about the older generation sort of coming to terms with gaming as a possible career path. Do you think this mentorship program you did with this company is a good enough first step? Or do you believe that there's more we could do to encourage and to show parents and guys of older generations that this is something that their kids could make money from and could build careers from? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Because I was was thinking about that a lot even back in the day, Mm -hmm. just how we can do more just to help the industry. Um, So the people that I was working with, even in that program, just having conversations with them, we came from a point where we need to be sort of examples and we need to show proof that we know what we're doing. So there came a point where we had put things on hold for like a month and then just decided, so now we're going to build ourselves so that we look credible as well to the people now that we're going to, that we're going to attract. Because in the industry that what we were doing, we realized that we're not just um, sort of pitching or teaching just the children. We're also educating the parents as well because they're the ones who are then going to allow their children to go down this path. So we needed to look credible as well. So it was a whole bunch of self-improvement, just learning different courses on your own, making sure that you know the industry well enough. So when you're talking to parents, they know like, okay, these guys know what they're doing. They look credible Mm -hmm. and they look like they Mm -hmm. actually have a future in this industry. So I can trust that if they teach my children, my children would also have a future in this industry. Yeah, Mm -hmm. if they have the same passions that um, my children uh, had, and these guys also have that passion, then they're more willing to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, let them do this because we can see there's a good example over here. Like there are a bunch of people who are making this look effortless and they're making money from it as well. So, you know, it's it's, it's going well. Yeah. Yeah, So I think it's just building yourself first and then making sure that Mm -hmm. you're credible within the industry. And then now mm-hmm. going out to others and then teaching them about it for them to be able to say like, yeah, this 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 looks good and it's profitable and it looks like there's a future from it. Yeah. And was there yeah, any sort of like um, specific hurdle that you had to overcome? Because you had so you have this amazing support system, your parents and, you know, your, your professors and stuff at university. But coming back home. Was there a hurdle because, you know, Kenya is not, it's not Silicon Valley. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not going to just yep. leave university and yeah. go straight into like a job. And yeah. from my own <laughs> research, there aren't very many like, like gaming companies in yep. Kenya and owned by mm-hmm. Kenyans. So yep. was there like a specific hurdle and how did you go about getting a job? That was exactly the hurdle. When I came back home, the industry was close to non-existent. Like there was nothing mm-hmm. in terms of like gaming um, in Kenya at the time. Just mm-hmm. looking around, asking people, okay, this is what I've studied. This is my CV. Is there anything I can do? It's like, okay, can you fix our monitor? And I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> that's literally not what this is about. But it was yeah. it was close to that. Like everywhere I went to, there was just nothing I could do f- from like a gaming perspective. Because in my mind, when I finished uni, I was thinking, okay, I can go back home with the ideas that I have, start my own gaming company. But coming back home, like people didn't even know anything about the industry, which was the biggest, biggest challenge. So then what I decided to do was then go down the marketing route. So then I was a digital marketer for a long time and an account manager as well. But doing it from the side of uh, an account manager for tech as well. And then sort of slowly bringing up the industry while I'm doing that, talking to clients about 
xyz but like hey have you heard about you know gaming in africa gaming in kenya slowly building it up on my own until eventually people yeah. are like okay yeah this guy is actually talking sense and he has a degree from it so he clearly knows what he's doing and yeah. then yes mm-hmm. slowly and surely more people became confident about um gaming and they came up as well networks were built and the industry it is what it is now today yeah it's a lot better now still growing but people are definitely in it as well yeah that's good i think the more awareness you and the companies you're working with yeah. um create i think the better it will be for future generations because these days a lot of people are not sticking to the traditional courses the traditional degree yep. the traditional career yeah. path so i think if we could just open people's minds so to true. the fact that you can make money doing whatever yeah. i think it would just help yeah and i think it will help a lot of younger children know that they have options because there's mm-hmm. maybe you're not the best in school maybe you're not the brightest in the maths the english the sciences yeah. but yeah. there's something that you could do that yeah. can help you so i think it's good steps i always feel like we're now entering especially in kenya we're entering the era of creatives because a lot of yes. people now are not mm-hmm. a lot of the old folk they're so used to um doctors lawyers engineers a lot of younger people are now realizing i can be a creative and i can do this and i can make money from it it can benefit and now their voices are becoming mm. louder enough for now the older folk to be like okay these creatives actually are very talented one and they want more attention mm-hmm. for what they do because there's a mm-hmm. whole thing of you know creatives need to be paid um interns need to be paid as well for their jobs and people were not mm-hmm. believing that thinking like you know if you're not doing a real job then you don't deserve anything but i'm happy yeah. that now in this era now creatives are realizing their potential and they are making their voices heard so that a lot of people now yeah. can recognize that yeah these guys actually are able to do something that is out of the norm but it's still something that's that's worth pursuing which is good to see yeah i think it's a really important movement and i think it's out the the i don't know what they're going to be called with generation z so them they'll be what I don't even know. Alpha. Yeah, Who I don't knows? even know. <laughs> <laughs> so the generation behind us, our the younger yeah. kids, I think it's really important mm. for them to see these movements happening because you guys are laying the groundwork, you know, the foundation, you and Gadoni to for these kids to come in and go into this um these roads because like for our team here on a Kenyan experience, two of us are in STEM, but the two of you are creatives. You know, normally that wouldn't yeah. be the case. Yeah. Normally you'd have people who are mm-hmm. just creatives or it would just be people in stem who are having separate conversations yep. where it's like no we're all on the same team working towards mm-hmm. kind of like the same goal and you can have both because here we are people in stem who are also intrigued with you know creatives and exactly i think as well it, mm-hmm. it we all have a creative in us it's probably it was just stifled and i think the yep. i can't speak for eric but i would personally say from looking at the both of you you both had parents who very much supported that creative genius side of you and just mm-hmm. were like whatever you want to do go for it whereas like for me it was always personally you know be a doctor you know like i i wanted to be a doctor but it was kind yeah. of like they they didn't really push me out of my comfort zone and to mm-hmm. go into something mm-hmm. else and now is only i'm rediscovering my love for other things so Yeah no kudos to the both of you guys man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying. Yeah exactly we tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I wanted so, to ask Dennis, um, do you okay, think that Oh sorry. So sorry. It's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to ask Dennis because I noticed that you said there were quite a few like gaming courses that you could have done at university. Would yep. you say that the reason you chose to do enterprise is for is because there isn't any gaming industry in Kenya and so that gives you kind of like the edge on being able to build that you know yep. um community within Nairobi 100% that's exactly why I took the enterprise side because as much as I wanted to learn about the gaming I also wanted to gain some skills on the business side of things as well so when it comes to now developing a startup you know managing finances and just having the know-how of just how to set up a business before even um the industry comes in just knowing everything to do with a business you know being a sole proprietor and just knowing everything to do with that especially in a country like Kenya where it's very different compared to um the western world when it comes to setting up a business yeah. 
So I feel like I needed those skills, um, mm-hmm. which I felt were important before then I could come back home and then, you know, eventually start something on my own or help people who are trying to start something on their own, especially in not just the gaming industry, but the tech industry as well. So just having that knowledge of what it's like to set up a business from a tech side of things and what that involves, who to talk to or what needs to be done, which was very important for me. Because also I felt if I had gone the other route of just looking at just the tech side purely, I would have enjoyed it, but I don't think it would have done much for me in the long run because then I feel like I would just be, I don't want to say this being mean to like regular coders, but I would have just been, you know, just that guy who just codes things and doesn't do more than I believe my potential could. Mm -hmm. So I thought the enterprise side would really push me um, in terms of starting something that I want to begin or talking to people about starting things that they don't have a clue about. And just helping them push themselves out of that comfort zone of doing more than you can actually do, which I think is what really helped me with the enterprise side of things. Wow, that's amazing. So is your long-term goal or one of your goals to start your own gaming business? Yep, yeah, it is. It is. It's always been for a while. Um, It -hmm. changed slightly um, because I wanted to go down the route of helping entrepreneurs begin their journey, hence the enterprise Mm -hmm. side. But my main goal has always been to start a business of my own, especially if it's in an industry that I love, which is the gaming industry. It's definitely something that I want to do and that I see myself doing in the future. Awesome. You can have some mentees. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what was it like looking for a job after university? Was it easy? What was that process like? Um, it was difficult, but I had some skills because I was looking for jobs in uni as well um, mm-hmm. while I was doing my studies, which really, really helped because I did find jobs there. But just that job search um, and how I went through it in uni really helped me when I came back here to Kenya. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the two are completely different because over there, you can throw your CV everywhere and you can have a chance of being successful. But over here, you need to know someone (laughs) like your CV doesn't matter. Yeah, you need to know someone who knows someone and then you can succeed. uh, succeed. Yeah, sadly not. But typical. Yeah, Yeah. typical. Yeah. Back there, your CV mattered and people would actually employ you based on like grades or things you've done. But here, it took me a while to realize. But yeah, unfortunately, you had to know a few people to be able to to find employment. Yeah. And was there a yeah, reason a that you actually... That oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just saying it's a shame that that's the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to know someone yeah. to get mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's, but when I, when I think about it, actually, I feel like it's almost sort of the same thing most places around the world, but mm-hmm. I think it's probably that we're not used to seeing it because, I mean, I feel like typically in other parts of the world, like, I think a CV is just as important, but I think also networking is really, really important. Yeah. And I think it's just mm-hmm. that in Kenya, we put, it's not even the networking, it's the corruption, isn't it? It's a fact there's yeah. a lot of nepotism <laughs> and corruption yeah. in Kenya. So a lot yep. of people don't see it as networking. They're seeing it as like, ah, you have to give to Kidogo for you to get yep. your foot in the door yeah. or, you yep. know, mm-hmm. you know, someone doing a favor for you as opposed to, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was there, was there a reason, Dennis, that you decided to actually come back to Kenya? Because I can imagine, you know, it might have been a bit easier to look for a job in the UK. Why did you decide to kind of come back home immediately? Um, I decided, so my second year, in my mind, I wanted to stay behind, um, Mm -hmm. as long as I could, even after graduation, probably find a job, extend my stay if I could. But then I was doing so much and looking at how the industry was over there, I really, really wanted to improve the industry back home. And at the time I was in a couple of mentorship programs as well which really opened my eyes to helping the people around you, especially the youth. And I felt Mm -hmm. like if I could do that back home with my people, 
who have also seen struggle, and especially people who don't have the same privilege that I do, I would like to help them as well, not just in the industry, but like in everything that they're doing. So towards the end of the third year, that really, really hit home for me. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's good over here, but I don't want to be selfish and just do this for myself, especially if people back home want the same path that I do, but they can't get it. So I'm going to go back home and help them. And the industry was part of that. So that's what influenced my decision to come home, um, raise awareness for the industry, just help people in general, and then eventually now build something that I can see that I started. Yeah, which looking back was a good idea rather than staying behind there. I mean, it would have been good, yeah, um, finding a job, you know, just living out there, improving everything. But there's always something about just coming back home and helping the people around you and starting something yeah. from where you've come from. Yeah. That's just a little bit better than, than everything else, to be honest. Yeah. I think on this podcast, amongst us, we always like to say there's no place like home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, re- we really mean it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think there's also something really powerful about um, starting something. It's very scary. Um, and I think it's, it, it's, it's very comforting to go to a place where, you know, someone's already paved the way for you. Um, but I think there's something really, really powerful and satiating about going to a place and then you starting something and you being a leader in your field, because 10 years down the line, Dennis will be the guy to know in the gaming, you know, developing, you know, um, environment. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, as much as like there has been hurdles that you've overcome, you look back on this moment and be like, yo, like I'm starting something really powerful. And you, you get, you get to sort of set the foundation of also the site the kind of culture that you want to build because exactly. you can imagine i'm sure in other um like tech communities it might be a bit more toxic a bit more competitive but you as the leader can create a much better environment definitely and it's also not just uh, starting something but being an example as well for the people mm-hmm. around you which to me has always been like a big part of of my life and who i am it's just setting an example for like the younger people the younger generation so when I was in uni, I was also in a couple of mentorship programs as well. And that played just as importantly for me than my degree did, which also influenced my decision to come back home and also help the people around me to be able to do what, what they want to do. Yeah. yeah. So it's hugely important. That's so cool. So would you mentor young students in high school or was it like a peer mentorship program? So it was... Um, position where I was mentoring young underprivileged children and teaching them um, morals of positive morals of life through the avenue of sport Mm -hmm. so yeah it was uh, coaching football (laughs) to yeah coaching football to underprivileged children but then just teaching Mm -hmm. them you know positive life values keeping them motivated keeping them happy and just helping them understand that, yeah, you can do all of these things. You can be whatever you want to be because that's what life is about. But then just also doing that while they're enjoying doing something that they do, like playing football. Yeah, which was always Mm -hmm. fun to see because they're kicking a ball around, but they're learning about life as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I think there were, what, from 4 to 12-year-olds? Yeah. Oh, so like proper young kids. Proper young kids. Proper young kids, Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's actually a good age because around teenagehood is where kids can sort of end up on a bad path. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was just a good good age group. And it was good especially so, because mm-hmm. you're doing it for you're an international student doing it in a country that is not yours mm-hmm. and yeah. you are a different race that they're not used to as well. <laughs> so now for right. the young black kid in the UK who's gone through Mm -hmm. hell he's seeing an example of you know another older black guy who's making it and teaching other people that gives them motivation as well which is so important yes i'm doing it for everyone else but for that little kid who thinks that he's alone or has been through bullying in terms of being called the only black person and everything at least he's seeing another successful person so in his mind is like yeah i can i can get to that level there's an example of it yeah which which is always nice to see yeah. That's good. Yeah, I was gonna ask what the interaction with with 
young people from you know different country was like did you have any obstacles when trying to mentor the kids was there any challenges or was it all smooth sailing yeah no it was definitely challenges the biggest one mm-hmm. um which is hard to believe especially coming from young kids was actually racism mm-hmm. <laughs> was was what? yeah from wow. yeah that was my biggest challenge because unfortunately it was evident to see that racism is taught at such an early age yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that, but literally you could tell that there's racism in many of these households just by the way a few kids speak, how a few kids look at you, how they just interact mm-hmm. with other people. I'll never forget when I went for one of my sessions and there were a new batch of kids that came in, majority of them being um being white as well, that I'd never that had never seen me before. So I came in and, of course, kids being energetic and everything and they're seeing, oh, another coach has come in. One kid actually came running to me and like, look, look, look. And then he dabbed, like right in front of me. (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, something like that, something just small like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, come on. But it's one of those where you have to really, really control yourself because, you know, like there are other kids around other black kids around so it's happened to me Mm -hmm. like on one day so you can imagine what these guys are going through like on a daily basis (laughs) yeah so it's just that thing of pulling them aside keeping motivated pulling the other black kids aside understanding what they've been through as well talking Mm -hmm. to them and just making sure that their headspace is okay also making sure that they know that it's going to get tougher as they get older but they would need to hear it as well and it was it was fun because it opened my eyes also in terms of what the world mm-hmm. is like because for a lot of people you hear about racism and you only hear it online or see it on tv but you never think yeah. that it can actually exist right in front of your eyes <laughs> so for me it was really really something huge to see but then when you go through it and then understand it and then know that people go through it like on a daily basis so if you have the opportunity to help mm-hmm. them then just help them any way you can yeah that sounds really um complicated because on the one hand you on the one hand you're a mentor to also you know to all the kids regardless of the race but on the other hand you as someone who's grown up as a majority in a country who didn't exactly experience racism as a kid you have to teach kids who have Mm -hmm. who do experience racism yeah i'm just trying to think (laughs) of that like dynamic and my brain's about to explode like yeah it's such a complicated dynamic (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. And and so, what was it like? Because you what went about... to University of Portsmouth, and yep. uh, so that's quite um, it's what it's down south, is it? Down south, yeah. Down south, yeah. very white, I assume. What was mm-hmm. that like? You living there as a black Kenyan? Uh it was it was tough, but it could have been worse because Portsmouth then, um, recently got. Uh, a lot of more black students, especially Kenyans and Tanzanians. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate to come in at a point where there were a lot more um, African students compared to back in the day where it was purely just, you know, like a white university, purely like white English university. But then now it's like, even up till today, there's a huge, huge influx of Tanzanians, Kenyans. There were some nights mm-hmm. I was there and it was like walking in Westlands. Because <laughs> now it's just full of them. Yeah. Electric Avenue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was it was tough when you first join or you're like you're walking in parts of cities where it's like purely white. But mm-hmm. then you mm-hmm. just there comes a point where you know you just have to like be strong and know that, yeah. I am here and there's a reason I'm here. So I have to be strong regardless. Yeah. So I'm not going to let like anything like, you know, put me down or anything. And then you can always go back yeah. back to your base and like talk to your friends or phone up your family and then get that support system, which can now keep yeah. you motivated to continue going on just in case anything bad happens. Oh, yeah. I can imagine it's not it's not easy because I faced a little bit of racism at uni. Mm-hmm. But Cynthia, did you face any when you're in the UK? 
Um, I would say more within. So I took a lot of um, waitressing, bartending jobs. So I would say more yeah. within mm-hmm. that space because um, London itself is very, you know, it's very dynamic, very multicultural. So I wouldn't yeah. say so. But then yeah. when I started working and then your boss is obviously white, your boss is never black. Um, yeah. Then I think mm-hmm. there was a moment, but like, you know, we all know in the UK, it's very passive. So as opposed to as when they're children, they're very um Mm-hmm. active and, and aggressive about their racism i don't know yep. if that's the right yeah. phrasing but whereas when they're older they're yeah. a lot more <laughs> passive about it so it'll be like little comments here and there um maybe if there's like because when you're waitressing you i don't know what it was like for you i think Adoni, you waitressed as well yeah i did yeah so you would apply for these jobs online but obviously your boss has met you and so i feel like i would get less jobs because i was black I would get yeah. I would never mm-hmm. I would never be like the leader of a group because I was black. So mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um so but I would never nothing like someone dabbing in front of me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Especially a child. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes like with children you just have to take it as they don't know any better. Exactly. So just mm-hmm. Exactly. Just, yeah. Just leave them. Yeah. Wait and for them to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just educate them while they're young, and just take advantage mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. teaching them about it while they're young, and making sure that mm-hmm. they understand it, so that when they grow older, they can recognize their behaviors and then come from a place where of this is what it's like in society. But now I've been educated and I know how to behave or how to respond or how to interact with people who are not the same race as my own. So I, yeah. I can now do better. Yeah. Yeah. Which was always my motivation whenever things happened like that. Just teach them while they're young. Yeah. Because you'd rather that happens to you from a child and you can educate them while they still have young, fresh minds. When it's a yeah. lot more difficult coming from like an older person who's already gone through so much and just unwilling to, mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, I- Okay, so uh, since coming back, have you mentored any kids or anyone since coming back to Kenya? Um, not on a scale of like um, in terms of mentorship programs or or anything okay. like that. Yeah, just maybe mm-hmm. um, personally like close one to ones. Okay. Yeah, close interactions. I've been doing it for a couple of people that I know, um, mm-hmm. specifically for people who are actually also going to, abroad to study. Um, doing courses okay. that were unorthodox and just telling them about my experience and then just mm-hmm. telling them about what to expect and things like that. Yeah, but down the line, well, the opportunity, to be honest, hasn't come for me to do it like through like a program or anything. Maybe it will. I'd be open to it. Yeah. yeah but it's always just been from a position of chit-chat. You know, Dennis, can I pull you aside? I know you went through this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm willing mm-hmm. to help which I still call mentorship as well. Yeah, because you're still, Mm -hmm. yeah, educating them about what they're going to go through based off of your experience. Yeah, Yeah. so it's it's only been on that basis, which is still as effective. And and I'm happy I'm doing it. Yeah, okay, that's good. So, Dennis, um, what kind of tips would you give someone who's kind of like thinking of going on a path like yours at the moment? So... They're into gaming or like you said, they're in a quite an unorthodox kind of like career trajectory. What kind of tips yep. do you usually share that you can share with our listeners? Um, a couple. One, um, you have to maintain your passion. Like it has to stick with you throughout. And even though you doubt it sometimes, just always go back to the core of what made you fall in love with it in the first place. And then always just start afresh from there. Love it again if you're losing love for it. If you still love it, love it even more. And then that passion will now lead you into your direction. And then once you know that you have that passion, you need to then develop that passion. So I always like to tell people from my industry and other industries as well, develop yourself and develop your portfolio, even on your own. If you create something, write it down, you know, make your own personal portfolio online, you know, practically on like books and everything, right? Just like, um, develop code because then once you build that then you have proof of your passion and then you never know mm-hmm. like your next employer your next investor can just look at something small as your portfolio and then be like yeah this is interesting can i hire you for you know xyz or can i bring you on for this so even though you're going on for it like your first job of employment and you're sitting like in the interview room 
and then you show them your portfolio that has a lot of work or a lot of things that can help massively so they can see that this person really has passion and they've done a lot with their passion as well yeah so it's literally maintain your passion and build your personal portfolio those are the two main tips that i'd that i'd give awesome um i assume you're also taking your own advice (laughs) (laughs) trying to (laughs) trying to (laughs) but yeah 100 100 it's it's never easy taking your own advice but yeah i am Mm -hmm. doing my best That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, so earlier you said you're working for a company called Usiku Games. Usiku Games, yep. Um, how it's a Canadian company, right? Yes, it is. How did you find out about this company? I'm assuming you found out about it from Kenya. Yeah, so I had heard about yeah. them, and funny enough, from the beginning, I always thought that they were um, just another industry just trying to come up as well. And at the time, I was in my marketing role, so I hadn't really given them any attention. And then there was this other guy who now is currently, I work with him now, but he had been always wanting to poach me away from doing marketing. And you always used to tell me, Yo, you need to come back into like the industry. You really need to do yeah. this, this, this. <laughs> and he had been constantly messaging me for like two years straight. Every time he was like, yeah, I have your old CV, but can you update it so I can show my bosses what you've been doing now? I'm like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> so <laughs> eventually, I, you know, I, I gave in and he, he's actually now the one who made me come into uh, Usiku Games. But then I realized with Usiku, they are very good at, now this is just me being impressed with the way I work. <laughs> but, <laughs> so the games that they create um, go in line with now my morals and like what I believe. So for like example, the games that we make are strictly like no violence in our games. So like we don't make games that have any guns. All of our mm-hmm. games are gender inclusive as well. So both male and female in our games. Nice. Yeah. Because statistically more women play mobile games than men. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh. Yeah. That yeah. Did not know yeah. that. I think that would make yeah. sense. So, <laughs> so all of our games are gender inclusive. And all of our games have to tell stories of uh, an African background. So all of our games come from, you know, like Kenyan background being told by Kenyans. So the motto is make play for Kenya, make for Kenya. Vice versa. Yeah. So I always believe like, yeah, these guys are making games, but they have morals as well. And they have pillars that I believe in. Yeah. So it was easy to get into. And it's been fun enough. I've never looked back, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, that's really positive to hear that there's a game because I think most of the time we think of video games. I think that's why um, parents are not into video games is because most of the time they're violent. There's a lot of like half-naked women roaming around and then guys with big guns. Wait, what's the name of that game where they go around uh, stealing cars and stuff? Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto, yep. Yeah, that's the one. That is literally the one worst game for kids to be playing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine so now think, when parents are seeing their children play such games, they're like, yeah, this is not for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's really powerful that there's also like you found a company that's building games that are beneficial, especially now that so many kids are home. Um, exactly. And so many kids now know how to use tablets. I mean, my baby brother, for example, he knows how yeah. to put my phone in front of me, my face ID to work, and then he takes my phone. Yeah, he, he knows how to do all of that, you know. So I think yes, yeah, kids get smarter. It's important for them to have like educational tools in the form of video games. Yeah, so yeah, incredible. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Teach them while they're young. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I love how as well that you've you've taken your love for teaching, mentorship, gaming, mm-hmm. and like found a company that really aligns with everything that that's important to you. Yeah, absolutely. It was a journey, but like I'm happy it's gotten to me, gotten me where I am today yeah i don't take it for granted well thank you so much dennis for being here on the podcast uh it has been a very interesting conversation kind of getting to know your journey and i think it was really important to share as well that some of the negative experiences that you did have but overall Mm -hmm. like they were positive all around and yeah yeah happy happy to be here happy to share my story my journey as well um people can learn from me what i've been through <laughs> yeah which i'm no, happy yeah. yeah guys starting their own journeys yeah do not fear yeah. just go f- go for it and it'll lead you somewhere 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where can our listeners find you? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Dennis Odera on LinkedIn. Single N, by the way. With Dennis. Yeah, by the so, way, I learned that a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pet peeve. Dennis with double N, <laughs> then we can't be friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram as well. I'm more socially so, but professionally, I'm I'm, I'm on LinkedIn at Dennis Odera. Yeah, you guys can find me there, ask questions. Um, if you want to chat, I'm always available to do so. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Um, it has been yeah. an absolute pleasure. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess next time we'll talk. Well, you won't be the guest anymore. It might be my turn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the hot seat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's yeah. it from us, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Kenyan's Experience. Please do follow us on Instagram at A Kenyan's Experience. Um, and everything we've talked about but today uh dennis's linkedin um and i think some of the mentorship programs we'll put them in the show notes as well just keep an eye out for them covid isn't you know it's not going to be forever so at one point things will get better and it would be amazing if you could connect as well but thank you so much for listening we'll see you in the next one Welcome to A Kenyan's Experience, a podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. This podcast is relevant for everyone at any point in your academic or career path. From high schoolers to uni students to industry professionals, and even those looking to pivot later in their careers. Here at AKE, we ask the questions you wished you had before you started your journey and normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in for a once-weekly episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on A Kenyan's Experience.